Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad it's never been banned from Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter because who cares? Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you. This is the uh, the week, be uh, well, the show before International Pipe Smoking Day on February 20th. So it's International Pipe Smoking Week, as we all celebrate. Uh, and uh, this week, on this week's show on Pipe Parts, I'm going to talk to you about a uh, former medical use for uh, the tobacco pipe. Yeah. Stay tuned for that, and um, if you have soft, if you have uh, thin skin, eh, you may want to skip it. Uh, my guest is David Dorian Ross of the of the Virtual Pipe Club, who I've uh, hung out with a couple of times before, and uh, we get to know him and a little bit more about him personally. So, and then uh, we'll have music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on this week's Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And I really do hope that for International Pipe Smoking Day, you get a chance to uh, either gather on uh, Zoom or Facebook or whatever, uh, or uh, you know, hang out with some of your pipe smoking buddies. And uh, you know, if not, at least get a chance to get outside, especially here in the U.S., where the weather has just been uh, miserably cold. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just been cold. So hopefully, hopefully you'll get a chance to get outside, maybe take a walk with your pipe in, in a little bit of sunshine somewhere. And uh, if not, maybe get a chance to hang out on Zoom or uh, FaceTime or whatever with some of your uh, pipe smoking buddies. So just try to do that. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show for uh, International Pipe Smoking Day week uh, of uh, 2021. All right, so this came to me via Kyle Weiss, and uh, and I'm pretty sure I've discussed this before, but, uh, and, and this will play uh, for you younger folks, uh, the, the music segment will also play into part of this. But uh, some of you younger people may not have heard the term blowing smoke up your ass. All right. Uh, that term usually, usually nowadays refers to somebody who is um, uh, lying to you or bullshitting you or something like that. But here is the origin of it. And this is from an article that uh, Kyle sent me. And I, and, I, and I knew this, but I thought this article was... Uh, it was well worth the visit. So 
the article from allthatsinteresting.com says, uh, discover, discover the shocking, literal, and thoroughly disturbing 18th century medical origins of the idiom blowing smoke up your ass. Uh, oh, you're just blowing smoke up my ass is something you might hear someone say when you think you're just telling them what they want to hear. But in 18th century England, blowing smoke up your ass was an actual medical procedure. And no, we are not kidding. According to Gizmodo, one of the earliest reports of such a practice took place in England in 1746 when a woman was left unconscious after nearly, after nearly drowning. Her husband allegedly took the suggestion of administering a tobacco enema to revive her, a practice that was reviving in popularity at the time as a possible answer to the frequent local instances of drowning. Left with little choice, the man took a tobacco-filled pipe, inserted the stem into his wife's rectum, and, well, blew a bunch of smoke up there. Uh, as strange as it may sound today, it reportedly worked. The hot embers of the tobacco leaf jolting the wife back into consciousness, and the practice uh, grew quickly from there. But where did the idea to use tobacco as a form of medicine come from? Indigenous Americans who used the plant to treat various ailments inverted what we uh, invented what we refer to as the tobacco enema. English botanist, physician, and astrologer Nicholas Culpepper borrowed from these practices to treat pain in his native England with methods including enemas to treat inflammation as a result of colic or a hernia. Years later, English physician Richard Mead would be among the earliest proponents of using the herbal enema as a recognized practice and helped bring its use, however short-lived, into mainstream culture. By the late 1700s, the blowing smoke had become a regularly applied medical procedure, mostly used to revive people thought to be nearly deceased, usually drowning victims. The, pro uh, the process was so common, in fact, that several major waterways kept the instrument consisting of a bellows and flexible tube nearby in case of such emergencies. The tobacco smoke was believed to increase the heart rate of the victim and encourage respiratory functions, as well as dry out the insides of waterlogged individuals, making this method of delivery more preferred than breathing air directly into the lungs via the mouth. Uh, there are pictures of the device on this. Uh, and then it goes on to say, before the, implement, uh, before the implementation of an official instrument, tobacco enemas were, were typically administered with a standard smoking pipe. Uh, this proved to be an impractical solution, as the stem of the pipe was much shorter than the tube of the instrument that would come later, making both the spread of disease such as cholera and accidental inhalation of the contents of the patient's anal cavity an unfortunate yet common possibility i really hope nobody's eating dinner uh, and then it says uh, with the tobacco enemas rise in popularity in full swing london doctors william hawes and thomas cogan together formed the institution for affording immediate relief to persons apparently dead from drowning in 1774 the group was later named the much simpler royal humane society uh, a charitable organization that grants awards for acts of bravery and the saving of human life 
and also for the restoration of life by resuscitation. It is still in operation today and is now sponsored by the Queen of England. So God save the Queen. Uh, the practice of, of awarding life-saving citizens has been a hallmark of the society since its inception. Back then, anyone known to revive a drowning victim was awarded four guineas, equal uh, to around $160 today. Blowing smoke, of course, is no longer used in is no longer in use today. However, the tobacco enema had a good run during the 18th century, and its usage even spread to treat additional ailments such as typhoid headache and stomach cramping. Uh, the article goes on a couple more little details in there, but I won't bore you with those. Uh, but I will warn you, I guess, if you get a, uh, a clay pipe from the 17th century or 18th century in England, you may want to you may want to clean the stem real well. Uh, but do remember, again, you know, uh, tobacco has tobacco was a medicine and tobacco still has medicinal properties that are beneficial. And there are still uh, four different surveys or or uh, research studies going on right now with uh, nicotine and uh, COVID-19. So there you go. A little international flair of uh, what blowing smoke up your ass really means. And boy, this show, we've been doing it for years now. All right. In just a moment, David Dorian Ross. This is Internet Radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for the International Pipe Smoking Day week, which is it's now a whole week-long celebration because it really starts on Tuesdays when this show comes out and then it carries all the way through to the upcoming uh, day itself, uh, February 20th, which my wife calls the day before her birthday um, because it is. Uh, joining us from the Virtual Pipe Club and from all other parts unknown is uh, David Dorian Ross. David Dorian, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you so much. Lovely to be here. All right. So first of all, let's get to know you. And we've got to start off with the obvious thing in that your name is David Dorian. It's a hyphenated first name. So you want to you can we can we get a better understanding of that? Yes. So first thing, right off the bat, I can tell everybody that I'm neither Canadian nor Cajun. <laughs> so if you're wondering why I have a, a hyphenated first name, <clears throat> actually, um, it is a story that I have to tell every single day of my life because people can't quite wrap their head around this. I'm named after my father and my uncle. And I have a middle name named after a grandfather who had, I have grandfathers on both sides of the family with the same name, Jacob. 
So um, being the first male child born into both sides of the family. So um, when I consider whether to shorten my name or uh, you know throw one out or whatever, um, I remember that both of these men were very influential in my life and and played a, a part in my upbringing and sort of you know in honor of their legacy, I use both names. So my uncle's name was David, my father's name was Dorian, hence David Dorian. Now a lot of my, but it is a mouthful and it's weird. So um, most of my staff and my friends and my students and even my kids sometimes, <laughs> which is weird, call me by my initials DDR. So that's that's the uh, that's the go-to DDR. That's better than what my family calls me. It goes by the initials of AH, um, or not at all. No. <laughs> so where did you where did you grow up? Not not Canada and not Louisiana. Right. No, I grew up in Oregon. Um, my pop's from uh, New York City. Every once in a while, you'll hear a little New York uh, creep into my way of talking. It, it comes from my dad. Um, and my mom's family came from uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, and came out west during the Dust Bowl. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my father came out west on a train as a professional dance marathon competitor oh wow that was yeah 1949 he got on a train with his girlfriend at the time and they just danced marathoned all the way to the west coast so that's how they got there and um i grew up in uh, the portland oregon area spent uh, so i have you know um a sort of suburban upbringing and then a rural upbringing because the other side of my family owned farms and you know I, I lived on the farm for most of my high school years and all that kind of stuff so you know I'm a I'm a Oregon country boy slash New York intellectual <laughs> the rural far western borough of New York called that's right Oregon that's right yeah Bronx, Queens, Oregon. Well, that would make sense. That would that would explain why all the really good New York baseball teams moved to California <laughs> and left New York with those other with that Yankee thing. Um, anyway, all right. So, when does pipe smoking come into your life? Well, um, twice. So the first time, like a lot of people, you know, now that I'm doing the virtual pipe club, I hear a similar kind of story to mine over and over again. You know, I. I tried it in my 20s or 30s or something and then dropped it because I, you know, didn't have a clue what I was doing and then picked it up again later in life. So my first time, I guess my early 20s, um, to get girls, obviously. Um, <laughs> and the, the way that I tell this, so I remember the, the old Borkham Riff TV commercials where, you know, some Viking you know, uh, drives a dog sled up to an igloo and he goes inside. And when he gets inside, it's, it's like the inside of a Manhattan bar. You know, it's like beautiful. <laughs> and and there's there's rugs all over the place. And then and then there's a gorgeous blonde Swedish woman packing and lighting his pipe. <laughs> and so I thought, well, if that's what happens when you smoke a pipe, count me in. I'll, I'll take two. I'll take two, right? And, and and not only did I never find the girl in the commercial, but the pipe smoking was horrible as well. So <laughs> I I dropped it. Um, then fast forward to about three four years ago, um, 
I had some surgery, and when I was in recovery, I um, I was just sort of kicking around, really trying to take it easy, which is not really easy for me. I'm I'm a part of my rural farm upbringing. I'm up at crack of dawn to this day. I work until late after the sun goes down, and that's just sort of like my my inner workings. So I'm I'm trying to uh, relax, and I watch YouTube, and I somehow one of these pipe restoration videos comes up and I thought, well, this is really interesting. Maybe this is a hobby I should pick up. So I bought some pipes off of eBay and, you know, bought some tools and buffed them and clinged them and, you know, reamed them out and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm going, well, if I'm going to clean them up, I ought to try what they're like. And next thing you know, I've spent my children's college money and have a nice <laughs> pipe collection and a seller to go with it. <laughs> and the kids will be happy when you're gone and they can sell the pipes and, and get braces and go back to school That's right. again. That's what I've told them. I said, you're, this is your legacy. Uh, don't sell them for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So those YouTube rabbit holes that you fall down that seem to, for me, it seems to end up with it, uh, episodes of the old TV show, whose line is it or, or what's my line? Uh, yours ended up on a pipe restoration video. So thank you, YouTube algorithm. That's right. I don't like, I'm the last person to, um, you know, my other career, my day job is, is in the health industry, if you will, and, and health promotion. And I've been in the fitness industry for 40 years and like maybe the algorithm thought this would be a good joke. <laughs> here, here, have an exercise video of lifting briar. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so was it love at first, uh, love at second puff for you? Yeah. No, um, <laughs> it was confusing. And um, this is very interesting because I just got an, a, a question about this on one of our my YouTube videos about tongue bite. And um, I have watched dozens, obviously, of uh, videos on tongue bite and read many, many articles, listened to ex like yourself um, about this phenomenon. And that's, you know, what I was experiencing in the beginning, like, is this supposed to be fun? Because this sucks. <laughs> And then the flavors, you know, people would talk about, I, I would pick up like an English blend or something like that. And I'd be like, eh, eh, eh. and so then I would go to aromatics. I'm like, hmm, they smell so nice in the jar. And so I smoked Molta Doce for like the first six to eight months. Mm. Yum. Um, by the way, for those of you who are ready to turn off your podcast right now, I have moved away from... I've stepped away from the sugar. So, uh, <laughs> however, we don't care if you still like it, if you it, like it and you smoke it, that's wonderful. Well, it's really interesting. So right now I, I found this almost empty jar and it's gotta be slightly an aromatic and it doesn't tell me what the actual name or the, or the company is, but it's a Virginia Burley with a honey casing and oh, it's just delicious. So, and it, and it might be a little dry and crispy by now. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's it's just perfect. Oh, then it could be a Sutliff. Um, so, so you so you finally found your way and and you figured out kind of your little pocket of what you like pipe and tobacco wise. 
and it's still evolving. I'm yeah. still discovering um, every day um, another taste, another, you know, there's, oh my gosh, there are so many blends on the planet that I would spend the rest of my life just sampling, much less enjoying a full tin of something. And so that's actually one of the things I like about the hobby is a, a pursuit that doesn't have an end point. Yep. And do you find that now that you've got a little bit more experience that you may want to go back and revisit some of those earlier speed bumps? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there, so for example, I picked up something that was probably, it's probably a lane limited, um, white labeled tobacco that was being sold at a local pipe shop called proper English. Now I know there is a, 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 a tobacco called proper English. I don't think this was it, but it, it's what was on the jar. And so coming, and I never liked it. I never really appreciated it. So the other day I actually went back in and sampled it again. And I'm like, Oh, I have a much better appreciation for this. I like it way more than I did. I still don't like it very much because now I've had <laughs> other Englishes, which are so much better, but it is definitely, um, you know, my taste buds have changed for sure. Yeah. Or your skills have changed. Uh, we're going to take a break right here and we come back more with David Dorian Ross. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with, you know, you know what, you you really ought to just go by DDR in the pipe world and then everybody would know exactly who we're talking about. Uh, I, um, I've, I've tried. I actually have had a couple of times in the pipe club when I made this announcement and everything because I usually tell people, like, this is my riff. I go, so David Dorian is my name. It's, it's not David and it's not Dave. Some people have called me Dave. <laughs> They're dead now. Um, and yeah, and yeah. So the only people who are allowed to call me Dave are from Australia <laughs> and they always put O at the end of it. So it's like Davo. <laughs> right. And I let that pass. I let that pass. So talking about Australians, um, let's begin with what was the idea for the virtual pipe club and how did you start it? When did you start it? Why? So it was a mixture of, of thoughts that sort of coalesced. Um, my uh, interest in pipes 
you know, predated the pandemic, but right around the time I, I started having this idea, you know, the, the pandemic was was getting going and there wasn't much of an opportunity to go join a pipe club somewhere. And I was really curious about meeting other people who had who had done it longer, right? Who had yeah. other other experiences and maybe give me some mentorship or something. On top of that, I was because of the other work that I do, I'm, I'm very much um, um, aware of, you know, how subtle things, tiny things, things that shouldn't make a difference are, are, are actually very different country to country, culture to culture. And so I'm curious about what would it be like to meet somebody in Germany or England or, you know, uh, South America who smoked pipes and what was it like for them? So I'm like, okay. We're going to do it virtually. I live on Zoom anyway. It's part of my job. And um, we'll set this up and, and I'll see if I can, you know, get anybody from some of these other countries to just pop in. I thought there'd be like six of us. <laughs> now we have over 2000 members. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, and this was only this has been going on for what now? Ten months? One year. We're heading up to our one year anniversary by the time this show airs. I'll have made this announcement about a huge uh, first anniversary celebration with special guests of a different time and longer time. Um, we're raffling off $2,000 worth of pipes. Just we're, we're giving away a bunch of stuff and uh, pipes did, like not bubble pipes. <laughs> <laughs> but Wait, actually, I have some of those. <laughs> um, actually, like blow your mind, like oh my god, I wish I. You'll you'll kick yourself in the pants if you don't buy a raffle ticket, kind of pipes. So that's coming one year. In one year, we've grown that much. And the and the virtual pipe club is, if I understand it correctly, it's bad enough that I've been on there before. Um, so the so the the barrier to entry is wide open, um, but you, you are one of the. I think there's only been three people altogether who've been on twice. Yeah, so, so you've got so you're <laughs> you're halfway to that Saturday Night Live uh, club. You know, where <laughs> if you've been a host five times, you get your own jacket and all things like that. So great, I get a lovely smoking jacket from the Virtual Pipe Club. It's a virtual jacket. So. It's a virtual jacket. <laughs> yeah. It's a little badge on my Zoom thing. Um, but you, so in between the, you do the big Saturday get-togethers that are at 2 p.m. Uh, U.S. Eastern time, which is, uh, what is that, 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. So you can start doing math, subtracting, dividing, and multiplying right. and all that stuff. We don't know the time on Mars, but it's probably something with a fraction. Um but you do that in, in addition to that, you do your own uh, kind of you know, pipe tobacco reviews and, and other stuff like that. I do. Um, again, I have another YouTube channel, which was, is much more in line with, with the other work, my, my real job. <laughs> um, that's not huge, but it's got 40,000 you know, people uh, subscribe to it and whatnot. And so I'm used to making YouTube videos. But what I really like about the videos I make for the pipe club is that I can be completely relaxed, irreverent, bizarre, and just say whatever I feel and I don't care. And, and my wife tells me that they're better videos than my other channel. 
Um, so I, we do uh, tobacco reviews and pipe tips and, and then I, and then every, every video I make, I make this disclaimer. I am not an expert in anything. I'm just a hobbyist who happens to like the hobby of pipe smoking. I'm endlessly curious and I like making videos and bum bum. That's it. <laughs> kind of like being an expert on your own opinion. <laughs> well, like I said, I have kids. I live with three redheaded women, so it's the oh. only place I get to have my own opinion. <laughs> or as I tell people, yeah, I'm right as long as my wife's at least one state away. <laughs> That's right. If a, if a man has an opinion in the forest and there is no woman to hear him, is he still I mean, wrong? Ross, and this is... Yes, he is, usually. So... <laughs> Sorry about that little background noise there, but uh, uh, the computer had a mind of his own. Um, so the other thing that I want that I really want to congratulate you on, and I loved it, was you just kicked off a series of video vis virtual visits to brick and mortar old school tobacco shops. Um, I mean, what a way to use Zoom! So thank you. Uh, Talk us through who's coming up. What, what, what was the idea? Well, I've had an opportunity to use Zoom in some unorthodox ways, and including taking you know, virtual walking tours or, or moving from room to room inside an office. And I'm like, that uh, theoretically could be a great way to visit brick-and-mortar stores that I'll, you know, we, we're not visiting right now because we're all in lockdown. And, yeah. and plus... It's very much on my mind, you know, giving those brick and mortar stores a plug. Brick and mortar stores are really in, um, in troubling waters at the moment. And they're not getting as much foot traffic. They're really relying on online sales and whatnot. And I really wanted to boost them if I could possibly do anything to contribute. So uh, the idea is, you know, we, we beam in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, via Zoom, and we get to see the front room. We get to see the display cases. Look at their all their pipe selection, and you know, in the case of uh, L.J. Peretti, which we just visited back in Boston, um, they've got a, a blending room, and they've got a you know a, a, a workshop where they're making pipes. They've got you know actual nineteenth-century dust in the staircase because they've been around that long. Like it's, it's an amazing, so, you know, our, our idea is, and, and we're soliciting suggestions from people in the YouTube community, the pipe community, whatever, about their favorite brick and mortars. They don't have to be old and venerable. They can be like, you know, the guy down the street wanted to, give away all his money and so opened a tobacco shop <laughs> and um and and so let's give him a plug and let's go visit him the only requirement is it's best if they're open during the time when you do this or it's not you know 4 a.m in the morning at that local time you, you have hit the mail on the head we're uh, we're working on a visit to a pipe club not in the u.s and so i'm you know trying to figure out how we can do that and what kind of time special times we might have to do there but you're right and if you catch these things live then there's also interactive question and you know q a time with the actual tobacconist found owner 
whoever it might be, you know, the grumpiest man in Boston, Stephen Willett, who, yes. uh, <laughs> who I love. By the way, death. I don't know if you were still there when I passed along your comment to him. I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, funny thing was I was folding laundry. Um, but that's the beauty of listening in or just having it. You know, you can, you don't have to be interactive with the virtual pipe club. You can go on the zoom portion. You can go on the YouTube portion or as I was, I think I was just kind of listening in on, on Facebook or YouTube and just had it, you know, had the phone sitting by the bed while I was folding laundry and doing stuff around the house. So, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, one of the comments that I've gotten many times, although I think this is shifting now as I watch other pipe clubs do the same kind of thing that we're doing, is that you get a chance to actually interact with some of the big names in the tobacco industry. Um, Perry Jensen has been our guest. Yep. Um, Tom Eltang. Um, Brian Levine. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to listen to that guy. Really, no. just a character. Um, and so, um, and not just listen to them, not just watch the interview, but be the interviewers, you know, ask your questions. And so that's, you know, I, I wanted to really democratize the pipe smoking experience. Yeah. And you got a chance to go through Jeff Grasick's workshop and yep. actually see inside of his workshop and see the parts and the pieces and this, that, and the other, and see the stuff that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, cause you're doing audio. Um, the other thing that I like that you do is that you actually kind of host and monitor and control the environment as opposed to some other pipe club gatherings where it's a, um, free for all with people making noise in the background and every once in a while a wife yelling at somebody or the phone <laughs> ringing or you hear other random noises that you really don't want to hear because um, people forget the microphones are really strong. <laughs> yep, I do. I, I try to have as minimal a touch as possible, but I think, you know, little touches like you just talked about, making sure that the bikes are muted until people want to talk, just makes a difference in the, in the experience of it all. Um, but the other thing that I, I do is I will interrupt my own moderating by, you know, encouraging people to, st to start asking questions. And so then I, you know, say, just don't even have, like, I'm not here to give anybody permission I'm just here to, to prevent dead air. So, um, you know, so it really does give everybody a chance to contribute. And then you also just have regular club meetings where it's just hang out and chat with each other and no, no real formal, no real formal program as well. Right. What we found early on or what I, what I sort of, um, come to understand early on was that if every club meeting is like that, then there's no incentive to come back often because it's like, you know, how often can you sit down and go, well, I like Gaslight. Well, I like Sixpence. And then uh, I like Peterson's. Yeah, but not appeal it. And then you've said it. Yeah. And then everybody knows what your opinion is. But every so often, let's just have a chin wag. Yeah. And how often can you do a weekly podcast on pipe smoking and think of, just talking about pipes, it really turns into the people. Yep. 
I'm just saying from experience, <laughs> um, I think. So what countries are represented in regular rotate uh, in regular membership or attendees? Yeah. I don't know because it was a surprise to me. Uh, um, so there's a fellow named Oliver who has sort of stepped up as, um, you know, a, a, a co-organizer. He, he, he's not shy about being out in front, but he likes to be sort of in the back. He does a lot of the stuff that I don't have time to do, like count how many countries are in our club. So we rep represent 91 different countries in the membership. And in rotation, we regularly have people from India, of course, Great Britain, Germany, Switzerland, um, uh, the, the UK, uh, Scotland, Ireland, um, da -da 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 -da, Malaysia. Wow. Um, so, it, I mean, it's uh, Japan, Japan. So, yeah. So we have quite a number. And these people show up pretty, for, uh, back in the summertime. Uh, so they, they've been absent a bit lately. But back in the summertime, we had a ton of guys from South Africa because they were just doing their smoking, you know, by by uh, by watching us because yeah. they had no tobacco. Yeah. And if you're got if you've got somebody in Japan, that means that they're up at two or three o'clock in the morning for your pipe club meeting. That is correct, sir. Holy mackerel! We have, we have one guy who's just really dedicated, and and we really appreciate him. Wow! Yeah, uh, the benefit to doing a podcast is they can wake up whenever they want, and there right. it is, and then they can avoid it for a while until they're <laughs> ready to be miserable. Um, so you want to talk about your, uh, your real life? Sure. Yep. What do you do for a real living besides hosting pipe club meetings? <laughs> so I run a company that trains and certifies Tai Chi and yoga instructors. I've been doing Tai Chi and yoga both for about 45 years. I'm eight time U S national champion, world bronze twice and world silver medal, uh, champion. Um, I've also uh, professionally been the talent and then worked into direction and production of over 150 different um, instructional videos and television shows. I've had the only PBS special um, that sponsored by, by PBS itself, not a local station uh, on Tai Chi called Tai Chi Health and Happiness. <clears throat> um, Featuring, featuring Bob Ross painting little birds in the background. Yeah, you know, the two oh. of us would have been it would have been great. Oh, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a triple platinum seller of that. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, the the it, the exciting and interesting part of my work right now is that we work with the federal government. We work with the Veterans Administration to provide Tai Chi and yoga teachers to a special program that is, uh, gives our veterans, and I'm a veteran, by the way, I'm a U.S. Navy veteran from the 70s, um, gives our veterans free classes, but pays the instructors so well that they could have a whole new career in just being a Tai Chi or yoga instructor. So, so let me just say, let me say two things. One is, re is really simple. Um, wow. Uh, and two, 
you were in the Navy in the 70s, and I'm looking at you. I've seen you on Zoom several times, and I'm looking at you going, all right, are those hair plugs? I mean, what the hell's going on? <laughs> why do you look like you're not in the – why Why do you not look like you were in the Navy in the 70s? Where Did you start in 79 and squeak through or, you know? No, 75 actually is when I began, and then, you know, from 75 to 80 was my career. Um, no, dude, it's Tai Chi and yoga. <laughs> That That's was what, yeah. It yeah. works. <laughs> okay, and I bet you eat healthy too. You know, like granola. No, and... I don't. I eat like uh, you know. I have a seafood diet, as they say, <laughs> and I'm just gonna let the jokes hang there. <laughs> um. All right. Well, and then the final personal question before we get into the fun part is: How often do you actually sit down and smoke a pipe? Is it a daily, weekly? Probably daily, which my kids are really concerned about. Um, and I love them so much for nagging me not to smoke so much. Um, but I sit here at my desk. I do a lot of work in the office here. Um, my day, you know, we run an actual business. So we have every department. Yeah. We have operations and a lot of Internet stuff. We have uh, customer service. And we're managing a network of instructors that number in the thousands for the 20 million veterans in the United States. So we have a lot of network management stuff. So it's, it's like having a real job. <laughs> and so I, I sit here at my desk and by the way, writing lesson plans. Mm -hmm. So I'll smoke a pipe, write on the computer, get up and go outside and do Tai Chi, come back in, smoke another pipe. Get up, eat granola, look all healthy. <laughs> okay, finally. All right, we're done with that. So that's all very nice and cheerful. We will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I am ready. What is your favorite pipe? Um, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm going through my collection right now. Um, right now I have this, this Peterson Billiard and this sort of stacked Savinelli, uh, and I think these are two of my favorites. And what is your favorite tobacco? Um, I just cracked open an age 10 of three nuns. And right now that is so delicious. Oh, how old are we talking? Eighties. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Now, all right. We'll just take a pause right here while I. Yeah. The quiet heavenly choir <sighs> sings. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite drink? Um, alcohol. No drink. Drink. I drink a lot of tea and my favorite alcoholic drink would probably be a gin and tonic. And when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, I would say um, music sli slightly followed after by movies. I'll, I'll watch all kinds of vintage, you know, old movies, 30s and 40s and 50s movies, 60s sci-fi. Um, but, but I'll sit down and listen to Marvin Gaye any moment of the day or night. <laughs> And then finally, uh, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we have not talked about? Um, I had a guy come on the show on the virtual pipe club who blew my mind talking about pipes from Disney. No, no, that guy's full of it. <laughs> and that was like, that, that's a, a combined all these nostalgia things and pipe things and and don't tell him I said this, but he's 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 kind of funny. He's got a good sense of humor. Funny. But don't tell him because it'll swell his head. Funny but, looking. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, I remember when we did that, I remember the thing that got, mo got more comments than anything was the pack of cigarettes, <laughs> which it usually does. So go figure. Uh, it is the Virtual Pipe Club on uh, Facebook, YouTube. I'm sure you're probably on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, any TikTok videos yet? Um, one TikTok video didn't. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. We're not on Instagram yet, which is a shame. Going to have to open that up. Follow them. Tune in. Uh, all the videos are still sitting there for you to go back and watch the short ones, long ones. David Dorian Ross, thank you for doing what you're doing. It's, I mean, it's really a service. I'm looking forward to all the future uh, brick and mortar visits and hanging out with you. Brian, thank you for the invitation. It was really nice to sit and chat with you. And we'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. And I am constantly amazed by the... Um, by the vast array of interesting and unique people that are in this little pipe hobby. I mean, a, a, a grandmaster Tai Chi yoga. I, I don't know what else, you know, where, <laughs> how else in my life would I get a chance to run into somebody like that and get a chance to talk to somebody like that? Well, it's only through this pipe world. Um, but do uh, check out what uh, the virtual pipe club is doing and, uh, you know, sit back and watch those videos. They're, they're a lot of fun. All right, for music, and again, for you youngsters, uh, this might, uh, those of you that listen to a uh, another weekly pipe smoking podcast with uh, two, young, uh, two young guys, um, one of them had a little bit of a problem when they were talking about uh, knocking on heaven's door, the song, and uh, didn't know that somebody else besides uh, besides Guns N' Roses had performed it. Well, here is from uh, Bob Dylan, who at that point in his life was an origin was a, an occasional pipe smoker. Here is the original Bob Dylan performing "Knocking on Heaven's Door." Too dark to see 
recording uh and uh, so so here's the thing that here here's the thing in 1989 when uh, guns and roses released their copy of or their cover of it <laughs> i knew it was a cover what i didn't really realize was the original is about a little bit over two and a half minutes that you just heard guns and roses managed to stretch that song out to five and a half minutes um i went back and listened Boy, there's a lot of extra, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of repeats of the verse in there. Anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Alert one, alert one, incoming emergency action message. And remember, mailbag comments or questions, you can either email me directly, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com, or you can go on to uh, pipesmagazine.com and post right there on the radio show page, uh, just like Casey Ghost did for last week's show with JP. Uh, Casey Ghost writes good info on pi on the pipe parts section. Brian did a nice job on the topics, but as he says, he is the world's leading expert on his own opinion. Yes, I are. Uh, then uh, Casey Ghost says uh, Juan Pablo was a decent interview. He spoke more than good enough English, but was occasionally non-committal on his answer. Brian's questions usually are asking for more than a yes or no answer, but that's what he got a few times. I looked at his Facebook page, and he does have some interesting pipes there. Yeah, so, so all right, first of all, you know, yeah, you're going to get differing, differing opinions. Um, but let me just tell you, when I have a guest, and I talked to, uh, I talked to JP before we recorded, and, I, and he's a quiet, soft-spoken guy that's, um, you know, usually not, uh, not the center of attention, and he's perfectly happy that way. Then what it is, is it's my job as the guest of the show and as somebody that asked him to come on to make sure that he comes off in the best light possible. And you know what? He is a really nice guy that is really quiet, soft-spoken, very humble, and uh, very talented with his pipe making. So I am uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, looking forward to a pipe show where we can get together and hang out and chat. 
Uh, also, if you have any uh, travel-related uh, travel-related questions, feel free to message me either through Facebook, Instagram, or email me. Uh, follow me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm trying to post on there a couple times a week. Just you know, whatever I'm, whatever, nothing special. But uh, you know, do reach out to me. I'm happy to help. And uh, you know, show comments, show ideas. Please let me know. I do have a question for everybody, and this has been uh, this has come up a couple of times. Is the show length a little too long? Uh, the last shows, you know, for a while now, we've been going over the hour, hour and four, hour and six minute mark, and I've had a I've had some feelings like the shows are getting a little too long. So I want to maybe dial them back to that under the hour. I don't know. Let me know what you think. All right, uh, that's all we got in the mailbag. So simple, quick, fast. And in just a moment, International Pipe Smoking Day rant. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. This coming Saturday, the 20th, is International Pipe Smoking Day. And notice it says International Pipe Smoking Day. It doesn't say international pipes that cost more than $150 with aged English blend tobaccos only smoking day. No, it says International Pipe Smoking Day. And I may joke and I may kid, but I really don't care. If you are a pipe smoker, you are a friend of mine. I really don't care if it's a Meerschaum, Corncob, Morta, Olive Wood, Briar Wood, Strawberry Wood. I've seen brass pipes, metal pipes, whatever it is. Uh, stone pipes. Stone pipes. Remember, the original, uh, uh, the original Indian peace pipes were made out of, pipe, out of pipe stone. So it doesn't matter what you smoke. It doesn't matter if you're smoking a current aromatic a vintage virginia from you know, 100 years ago that was delivered by queen elizabeth directly herself whatever it is as long as you're smoking it and as long as you're enjoying it you're a friend of mine the only thing i will advise you or caution you of is just because a pipe may be out of your price range doesn't mean that it's a overpriced pipe just because a tobacco is something that you don't like doesn't mean it's bad it just means that it's not for you so don't judge others and again if they're a pipe smoker and they smoke a olive wood pipe with prince albert well then you know what you're a pipe smoker and you're a friend of mine and it doesn't matter what you put in your pipe just as long as you are enjoying it however now the now the counter side to that if you're stuck in a rut do make sure and step out of that occasionally and try different things. Try different ideas. Try different pipes. Look at different tobaccos. And I am death. I am. I am one hundred percent guilty as charged of being stuck in a rut. So do step out. Try different things. Uh, if you're if you're a Meerschaum guy, try a Morta. 
and just see how that differs from the experience of a Meerschaum. I own a couple Meerschaums. I enjoy them. They change the way the tobacco works for me. Uh, you know what? Just keep trying those little things here and there. All right. Uh, once again, do make sure and share out the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your friends and enemies and family and uh, keep uh, keep sharing that out there. New episodes come out every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you're new to the show, please listen to the current ones while you get caught up on the old ones. And I hope everybody gets a chance to get outside somewhere, sit down, smoke, enjoy a little bit on Saturday, the 20th of February for International Pipe Smoking Day. And uh, hopefully maybe see you on the, uh, on the virtual pipe club on Zoom. So with that being said, thank you very much to David Dorian for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to Till we meet again. <laughs> and that boy ain't whistling Dixie either. <laughs>